you can get away with that stuff here. You'll find out when you get to North Eugene or High School what the world's really like. Or that might be funny here, but not at North Eugene or High School. Or you'll find out how nice we were to you here when you get to North Eugene High School. They prepared us for going to junior high school by having us trade classes starting in fourth grade. Now up to this point, up to third grade, you'd have one teacher all day long, except for when the music or art teacher came in, and even then they came into your class, your home. But in fourth grade, you started to change teachers. So the teachers would forget your name. They'd have to look at the seating chart to remember who you were, because that's the way it was going to be. We began to trade classes. Another change was that for the first time, we had male teachers, men teachers. All the way up to third grade, we'd had teachers that acted like they were our moms. Sometimes I'd raise my hand and say, Mom, can I go to the bathroom? The teacher would roll her eyes and say, Yes, Bill, go ahead. But now, there were men up there, and I knew right away they weren't my mom. The first male teacher I had was named Mr. Morley, and he wasn't like my mom at all. He was my fourth grade science teacher, and I was scared of him. Mr. Morley was on the fast track to being the superintendent, and he didn't know who I was. The first day of class, he read off the class list. I knew it was going to be different. Usually they say, Bill? But instead he said, Harley? I wasn't sure who he was talking to. He looked up, he said, Mr. Harley? Mr.? I raised my hand. He said, is that you? I said, my dad's not here. What? Mr. Harley. He shook his head and went on reading the list. I didn't understand what had happened. Mr. Morley wore short sleeve shirts, so when he folded his arms in the front of the class, you could see how big his muscles were. His hair was closely cropped to his head, so when he got angry, not only his face turned red, but his whole head turned red. His eyes glared from behind those steel-framed glasses. And Mr. Morley loved to embarrass people in front of the whole class. He thought it was an educational process, embarrassing people. It would teach them they were never supposed to speak out in a class again, even if it was to answer a question. One day, I remember, I was talking to the girl behind me. I had my back turned, and I didn't see him coming up behind me. All I felt was his hand gripping the tendon by my neck, his fingernails digging in. I screamed in agony. He twisted my head around, and he said in a stage whisper, just loud enough for the entire class to hear, if you want to go sit in your girlfriend's lap, you'll have to wait till after class. I wanted to die, which is exactly how he wanted me to feel. That first day in his class, he stood in front of the class, his arms folded, glaring out at us, and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, the desks you are sitting in are the personal property of other students. You are under no circumstances to go into these desks. Do I make myself understood? We all nodded silently. Fine, he said. Let's go on with the lesson. He was scary.
I was learning about what school and life was really going to be like. There was one other person in the school, one other man who I was afraid of. I had never really had any contact with him. I tried to stay out of his way. His name was Mr. Olenek. And Mr. Olenek was vice principal in charge of discipline. You got to see Mr. Olenek if you'd done something wrong. One of the ways you got to see Mr. Olenek was if you brought something into school that you weren't supposed to bring. You'd ask the kid why they'd bring something in. You'd get the same answer from any kid. I don't know. Why'd you do that? I don't know. My mother and father asked me. I always gave them that answer, too. I don't know. And I don't know why kids would bring things into school, but they would. I don't mean pencils and papers and books and jackets, things they needed in school. I mean things that they didn't need in school, like rubber balls and jacks and yo-yos and squirt gun and cinnamon toothpicks, all those things that didn't belong in school, baseball cards, little dolls, things that we'd bring into school to remind ourselves that we were kids who had fun. When you brought those things into school, they stood in danger of being confiscated by Mr. Olenek. Confiscation, what that means is big people taking stuff away from little people because they're having fun with it. And there was one place where most things were confiscated, and that was the lunchroom. During lunch period, everybody would bring those things down, they'd keep them in their pockets, and after we had finished eating, someone would take something out of their pockets and say, look what I've got. didn't make any difference what it was, whether it was a baseball card or the latest toy or some kind of bubble gum or anything, any kind of collection, any collection you have, you'd bring it out there and you'd have it on the table, which was a dumb thing to do. Why did we do it? I don't know. Because Mr. Olenek stalked the lunchroom, walking up and down those long tables, observing the backs of all those kids looking for something. And when he'd see some kid bring something out on the table that didn't belong into the school, the long arm of Mr. Olenek would come over that kid's shoulder, just like a snake, reach down, grab that thing, whop, clench it in its fist, raise it up over his head, look at the kid and say, that's one for my closet, and put it into his deep coat pocket. It would be gone, confiscated, gone into his closet. We used to think about all those wonderful things that were in his closet. It'd be great to get back in there, except we realized that in addition to the wonderful things, there were some terrible things, too. Some things we really didn't want to see. Because if you brought something into school that you really, really, really were not supposed to bring, like, like a bazooka or a flamethrower or something, not only would it be confiscated, you would then get to have lunch with Mr. Olenek. When a teacher or a substitute was completely frustrated at the end of his or her rope and didn't know what to say, they would turn away from the blackboard, glare at the class, and they'd say, All right, 
Who wants to have lunch with Mr. Olenek? And we'd all go, ah! And we'd be quiet. Because we knew a lot of kids who had lunch with Mr. Olenek never came back. We suspected those kids who had disappeared just got hung up in Mr. Olenek's closet along with all the other things that had been confiscated. And they were still there. No one wanted to have lunch with Mr. Olenek. With all those things said, you would think nobody would bring anything into school. Why would someone do that? I don't know, but I did. I had all sorts of collections. I had a baseball card collection till my mom threw it away. I had a stamp collection, but the collection I was proudest of was a bottle cap collection. I had bottle caps from all over the United States. There used to be all sorts of bottling companies, a lot more than there are now, of all different kinds of bottles. As a matter of fact, I think I had 30 different kinds of root beer bottle caps from all over the country. I had bottle caps from different countries. I was proud of it. I figured I had 847 different bottle caps. My brother would say, that's stupid. What do you have those bottle caps for? I'd say, stuff. He'd say, what can you do with them? I'd say, well, stuff. He'd say, that's really stupid. Why do you collect them? And I'd get backed in the corner and I'd say, I don't know. I just do. Bottle caps did not belong in school. And maybe that's one reason I decided to bring them in. I don't know. One morning, I was getting ready for school. And I looked and there I noticed sitting